Do you want to come with me? Because if you do, then I should warn you. Because if you do, because if you do, then I should warn you. You're going to see all sorts of things. Ghosts from the past, aliens from the future. The day the Earth died in a ball of flame. It won't be quiet, it won't be safe, and it won't be calm. But I'll tell you what it will be. I'll tell you what it will be. The trip of a lifetime. Doctor Who. Welcome to Time for 13, a Doctor Who podcast. So uh, this is Kyle. Uh, with me I have Rob. Hello. Hey. So we're going to be doing, we're going to be going to talk about Doctor Who. If you have uh, listened to our Road to Infinity podcast, you get an idea of what we're doing. This time we are doing it with Doctor Who, but we are leading up to the arrival of the 13th Doctor, Jodie Whittaker, uh, in the fall. The idea originally was that we would try and hit it so that this was finishing just as she was starting, but as we don't know when that is, <laughs> I doubt we're actually going to, but we'll try and get in the ballpark. And maybe even if we end up running running over, then by the time her season wraps up, then we can uh, sort of look back at her season as well and how it all fits in. So there's lots of Doctor Who podcasts out there, and they get into very very granular, detail-oriented, uh, they dig down. And we're not really going to do that. We're, we're guys who have a lot of things going on, <laughs> but we're also fans. So we're going to sort of be doing a season per episode. So we're just hitting the high points. So or the low, we, or the low, or the or low, the low points, points as, as will happen a couple of times. <laughs> so we're, uh, we, we might not get into every single little thing that you might want to know, but we're trying to uh, go along, keep it interesting. And this is also kind of for those of us who don't have time to watch an entire season you know, to take all the, to take time away from everything, all these fantastic shows that are on right now, fantastic. Yes, uh, and get into so this will be maybe this will be a way to help refresh your memory and, and get along. But hope you enjoy the ride. We're going to have some good times. So, Rob, well, what is your history with Doctor Who? So, uh, I'm um, born in '72. Here, we'll just okay. put it that way. And uh, I was always kind of you know always into the our nerdy geek stuff, especially from the '80s. When I was growing up, uh, I had kind of known about the show because, but remember though, in the states at that time, mm-hmm. Doctor Who was not day and date. You That's know, right. releasing it was really hard to find. Yeah, really hard to find. You're on your PBS station. Occasionally, I think my dad would put on a Tom Baker episode, and I would just be like, "Ah, oh, that's you know, I don't know, it was weird, it wasn't really interesting." Until one day, I ended up watching um, Tom Baker's last episode. He oh. regenerates into Peter Davison, and immediately yeah. I was hooked. Ah, yeah. And I was completely. And so Peter Davison is my doctor. Okay. Um, totally fell in love with the show. Uh, watched it basically nonstop until Colin Baker came in, and then my PBS station like started back to like John Pertwee's era. Oh wow! And so I never got to really see the Colin Baker years. Um, only saw a little bit, not even really, of the Sylvester McCoy. So it was pretty much Doctor Who for me. Loved it. Got full on into it based on the three seasons of Peter Davison. Oh okay, yeah, yeah. It's a, I I had the same experience except that. I could only see Doctor Who when we went on uh, to visit uh, my grandparents. My grandparents lived in Minnesota, and they have a, a great PBS station. I, it's, it slips my mind right now, but it's, it's still there and still running. And they play Doctor Who. And so the only time I'd ever see it, like maybe two or three times a year. So when people talk about, oh, I don't like how all the t- with Wibbly Wobbly Tommy Wimey, where they're going back and forth, it's like, for me, that's how Doctor Who always was. Because right. I never saw a complete series. Because Doctor Who used to be a half-hour show. It right. was... And and, the, and it would be they would they would have three or five or sometimes even seven parts to one sort of uh, adventure. Exactly. Uh, so right. I would just see half an hour. Maybe if I was lucky, they'd play an hour, uh, and I'd get to see two parts of it. But even that wasn't usually a complete story. So in my head, like I, I saw multiple faces of the Doctor. I, I had no, and, and I just liked it every single time. It wasn't in, until that I, I sort of did my research, you know, in the nineties when I became like a real hard, full on geek. 
that I embraced it and then did research and found out, oh, it's one guy and he regenerates and all these things. So that's about the time that Doctor Who sort of made its first comeback uh, for Sylvester McCoy, like in the when they it started, they revamped it and came back and it was a new Doctor. And so I got to see almost all of those. And so he, I would say Tom Baker was still my doctor because he was the one I, I first started watching. But Peter Davison, they interchanged those episodes a lot because at the time, that's what they, they would do. So it's sort of between the two of them. Uh, and when I met Peter Davison, I told him he was my doctor. So maybe it was a lie. Oh, uh, that's very nice. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, so, yeah, Sebastian McCoy, then I, I, I started, started watching and then, and then up to the, <laughs> the, the Fox thing happened and then it all went away. Someday we'll do, maybe we'll go back. We'll do an episode on the Fox thing. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. We're, anyway. we're, yeah. So we're, we're going to, I've for this we're going to focus on you know from 2005 on so we'll we'll sort of make homages because they they do make homages as well because when i first heard they were doing this you know in 2005 or in 2004 when they announced it i really got the impression it was a total reboot right like that it was com- completely not connected at all to what had previously gone before and then over the course of the season they then they started making references to things that had happened in other phases and that sort of thing and then you got to to really I, i'm trying to think where, where it was even in this season that they definitely so because all the stuff he talks about, all the adventures he has, none of them were actual adventures from previous doctors. Well, there's a couple there's a couple things in the first episode we'll probably get to that are just little things we'll pick out. But for me, I will I will just disclaimer this. So a, a huge Doctor Who fan, I had a, a sonic screwdriver from the oh, yes. 80s. Oh wow, uh, you had one of those. Oh no, I had I had one of the original big, huge, overtly large plastic ones with the because <laughs> it had to fit the double A batteries. Yes, <laughs> no, it's totally ridiculous. I still have my uh, cup from the USA tour that happened, I think, in '86 oh, or '87. Wow. So I'm I got some cred, right? You do. And uh, when I heard this was happening, I was I was busy just with life. We had our, our daughter was two years old. I didn't, and plus it was not accessible really to watch it. So so I thought it was cool that it was coming back. I figured I'd watch it someday. Um, and you know, we'll get into this later as we mm-hmm. do a couple more episodes. Cause I really, really did not start watching it continuously until Matt Smith. Oh, but, wow. Okay. So, so for me, I've, I've binged the first, this first season with, with mm-hmm. uh, Chris Eccleston. I have a lot of interesting comments about this. Which yeah. We'll so that's, that's interesting because I watched not. Okay. So like you, 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 you made mention of that. It did. It, it came out in 2005 in the UK, but right. America did not get 2006. So I was enough of a hardcore Doctor Who fan that I actually pirated it. <laughs> nice. The, uh, and even the first episode actually got leaked by Canada months before it came out with not even, it didn't even have finished stuff at the end. Like the end was a little bit different. I even watched that one too. And, and this other thing is, this is, the, I, have a, I have a weird <laughs> uh, thing with piracy. I don't, I don't do it as a normal thing. But if, if it's not commercially available, then my then what are you going to do? Right. Exactly. <laughs> if, if like it's not like I don't I don't I don't tend to pirate stuff that I could buy. But if right. I if you make it so I cannot perf- can you cannot give you my money to have access to it, well then you really only have yourselves to blame. So so says everyone with their VHS copy of the Star Wars Holiday Special. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, never mind. Go ahead. Uh, and so, so then when it came out, then I actually, yeah, actually, I downloaded them all off of. I think BitTorrent was the time. I was, I was a member of a community of like-minded people, uh, and had those. And then when it came out, of course, I did buy it legitimately, people. Just so you know. Very nice. <laughs> I, I eventually did give them my money. I actually think I've done it a couple of times. Uh, so when it came, so then it wasn't a year. It was a year later before it actually came out, and they started doing it. And then it wasn't until it got huge, huge ratings. I believe it was on Sci Fi Channel, but because it was right. still SCIFI, right? That uh, that they ended up going. Hey, we need to do this at the same time. And so then they end up doing it. You know, day and date that you could get it at the same time. Um, but yeah, so Doctor Who was was uh, not really cool then. 
it was it was not only was it a dormant franchise, but also it was seen as hokey. It was something that kids watched. It was like a, a kid's show, and that's usually how it was really pitched too. Uh, so when this was coming back, it was coming back as new and vibrant and and rebooted and you know exciting and and 45 minute episodes and you know not even like the half hour thing it was going to be like a serious it's it's hard over here to understand how big it got after this reboot and how big it still is that it's almost like the country shuts down when doctor who is on like it's it's not just uh it's a the nerds watch it or kids watch it. It's like, no, no, like the majority of the television watching public, if football's not on, is watching it. Yeah, no, absolutely. So uh, they, they hired Russell T. Davies to reboot the series. He uh, was a, a very prolific television person. I would I would put him up, I guess like a David Milch. He was like, I mean, there or a uh, maybe even a Joss Whedon back in the back of the 90s. He was very prolific and, and constantly employed. He did Casanova, where he met David Tennant. He did something called The Second Coming, uh, where he met Christopher Eccleston. <laughs> oh, I so, didn't realize that he did The Second Coming. He did. He did. That was him. And that's where he met Christopher Eccleston. So, like, they were really good at bringing people back. Like, like, hey, we worked well together. And, like, you know, bringing oh, them along. Oh, okay, side note. If anybody, if you, I actually owned that on DVD once. That is a very interesting British made-for-television movie, I believe. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Gives you a, big, a bit of an insight into the... Um, how do I want to say this? The religious uh, themes that Russell T. Davies uh, enters into the Doctor Who uh, span under his under his tenure. Yes, uh, very much so. And then uh, he also wrote Queer as Folk for a yes. very long time. There we go. Uh, that's his, that's he, his big thing. So this was he was not a, a a new guy coming in. He had his bona fides. Right. Like he was a, a a seasoned television writer and creator too. Yeah, it's interesting. It's it's interesting how much that we see in this. How much Doctor Who takes on sort of the the tendencies of of the lead writer. Oh, absolutely. Because like, like the Russell T. Davies is very, very different from the eras that will come later. And now we're getting ready to, to do it all over again. Well, and, and also, also interesting at the time that Doctor Who came back, like what we're talking 04, 05, mm-hmm. 05 when this premiered. Yes. Um, just as I think Star Trek Enterprise was being canceled. Oh, okay. So you had this big like, um, you know, you had sort of like for years, what a decade of heavy science fiction on American television networks Yeah, between next generation, the whole nineties. And and then, you know, you're, and you're finally coming to the end of that. And so interesting that the BBC had been canceled by this point. Yeah. Babylon five's done. Like, I mean, I think, I think the BBC saw, and this was probably about the time of the Battlestar Galactica reboot was was happening. Right. So the BBC saw this as, I think is a good opportunity to say, okay, if we're going to, if we're going to bring the show back, this is the time to do it. And we're willing to take risks, which we will talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, 2004 was in the uh, Battlestar Galactica. I think we did their first sort of the, right. the miniseries, and then it eventually became the full series. So yeah, this is about that. It's in, that's very zeitgeisty. So it's like right in that this sort of time that everyone's sort of feeling that same way. Um, so the, he hired Christopher Eccleston, uh, who was known to American audiences most for probably Gone in 60 Seconds, and also as the what turns out to be the main villain in 28 Days Later. Because uh, we learned that zombies are bad, but people are worse. Yeah. Uh, and then for his companion, they hired Billy Piper. Now, Billy Piper was completely unknown to American audiences, but she, in England, she was huge. But not as an actress; she was a pop star. She was the Britney Spears of her time. She was a a big. She had had platinum albums, and and all her her dating life was news and controversy and stalkers. And like the, she went through the entire like rock star experience in, in the course of like probably four years, and then sort of 
got out of it and then said, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do it. And uh, if you've never heard any of your music, well, you're about to. <laughs> Let me, and, and I don't even need to say when this came out because when you hear it, you'll, you can pretty much do it right down to the year when it was. So I'm going to play a little of uh, when she was just billed as Billy. This is a Billy uh, in her rock star life. Uh, why am I playing it? Because I want to. <laughs> the impression there uh, you can you can you can feel the spice girls influence i was just that. gonna say are they singing back up <laughs> on that like what is going on yeah and then after that it gets into like a slow bound you can, and it's and it's available online you can watch it on youtube you can you can buy her single so you know obviously i i, I claim no copyright of any of this stuff because that's a song called of course because i want to well you did less than seven seconds so you're okay <laughs> well we'll see <laughs> um but uh yeah so then she had very little acting experience and even chris records talks about that and how uh, coming into the show as as the veteran actor, having to show this this you know this uh, I I, can't, well, I had a term now it's went out of my head, but basically she's a, a a fledgling actress, and so he had to sort of show her you know teach her what a mark was and where <laughs> find the camera all these kind of uh, actory. This things. explains so much of what I felt when I watched the season. Oh, that it was it was a bunch of people just trying to figure it out as they went. <laughs> well, well, no, it, well, but 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 Chris Eccleston. Okay, so we'll get into a little bit of this. Chris Eccleston has a look on his face and I, and I like him. I like him. You know, he's been in, and you, you know, talking about other things he's done, he's in the others, uh, which is a great uh, horror film, sort of horror film. Um, It's a cameo, but it's, you know, I mean, if you've seen that with Nicole Kidman, you'll see that he's the husband wandering in the woods. And so I will say this, he has the impression. I think he's, he is an impression, the impression of an actor who is gritting his teeth and saying, I am going to do the best I can with this. (laughs) And I'm going to try to have fun, but oh my God, cash my checks. And I really want out of here as soon as possible. <laughs> and when, and you know, when you, when you look back now and you read, cause now he's actually been a little open about his experience. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've show. made some notes about that. So we'll, I think we'll, we'll talk a little bit about, well, uh, no, we'll talk about that, but I will yeah. tell you when you watch it, you see this entirely unfolding episode by episode yeah he he says that the hardest thing for him at the at the start of it was comedy he is a dramatic actor and he's used to doing drama the the moments the doctor where he's light and and making little jokes and stuff too he said was the hardest thing for him to do but i was like oh okay so you know dying is easy comedy is hard there we go so let's like get into the continuity here but here's a interesting thing so have you have you watched much of the um of david Tennant's era no oh okay I have not either. So this is going to be good. This will this will be very okay, interesting. So I was, I was going to I was going to make a little note here, but uh, but I don't want to spoil the, one of the upcoming things for you. Oh, that's okay. I don't think there's any spoilers. It's it's totally okay. fine. Well, it's because um, do you know who Rose's first doctor was? Oh no, I don't. It was it was ten. It was David Tennant. It was uh, he actually at at the end of uh, one of his things in his big he he has this sort of I call it the long goodbye. He like he like uh, travels around and, and to basically see how everybody's doing and he ends up looping around end and he oh yes rose before she that's right nine no i've seen i've probably seen clips of this it's 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 not fresh in my memory yeah. but god it got yeah it, got so it. actually the first doctor she ever met was actually not the not the one that like tells grabs her by the hand and says run 
So I think I, I kind of mentioned this. So I did come up as we go through each and we're, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll try to do these superficially. Mm -hmm. I did come up with an alternative title okay. for every one of the episodes, which is something I'm going to try to do on All this. Right. So, uh, so when we're ready, I like it. So I have a, just, a, I have a, just a, a continuity note for you. I, I, I'm just curious your thoughts. There's no right answer for this. I'm just curious what you think. Uh -oh. So Russell T Davies, one of his things is he's big on retcon uh, as opposed to like J. Michael Straczynski who did Babylon 5. J. Michael Straczynski and, and George R. R. Martin are of, the, are of the school of planning. Like they have everything planned out and like they'll, they'll adjust some stuff along the way, but it's following the plan. Russell T. Davies is not that way. He is figuring out as he goes. If he's looking an episode or two ahead, great. But that's about as far as he looks. And I'm not, I'm not saying there's, there's anything wrong with his method, uh, and nor am I making this up. Because if you read uh, a book called The Writer's Tale, which he wrote with a journalist, it goes through his entire process and how he does an episode. And he, he basically struck up a friendship with a writer, a journalist, and they started communicating back and forth on a regular basis. And then it turned into this whole examination of the whole process of creating Doctor Who from the writer's perspective. And you get to see in almost in real time over the course of his last year working with Doctor Who, how he goes about creating an episode and how he goes about writing. And, and he's a constant procrastinator. He is just he's constantly throwing stuff out. And but he uh, then, you know, at, on the day he delivers you know the the finished script and it's done. He doesn't he doesn't fiddle with it along the way. But he <laughs> like one of these things where we see stuff planted there that pays off later. Like, I think it was just him going, oh, I should do that. Like that's how his mind works. So oh, that's impre that's impressive because yeah. one of the things that surprised me really good at it. Basically, like a, he's basically like a, a dungeon master. He's so just obviously, insane. if you're a Doctor Who fan, you know you know and and Stephen Moffat, of course, we'll get into this later. Huge huge yes. story arcs all throughout a season and things connect. But I got to tell you, oh, yes. watching this for the first time, really from beginning to end. Well, there is a story arc, and there's actually multiple oh, yeah. sub-story arcs, and they, to varying levels of effectiveness, sort of work. So, yeah, I'm impressed. He's, I mean, I, he's, he's very, very good at it. He's like, he's really good at it. And, and also like, hey, I haven't, I haven't thought about that person in a while. Let's bring them back. I mean, those kind of things. I don't think he ever, oh. you know, at the start of the actually when he, he said, even when he wrote the first episode, he did not know anything about Bad Wolf. Well, that's impressive. That's... It got into, he, I think even he said into in like the second or third episode, he thought of Bad Wolf and started doing it. And so they had to go back before the episodes aired and add Bad Wolf references into the first couple episodes. Oh, interesting. That explains why they are, why they're so random. Got yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, it's interesting. So, given that, do you think like okay? So, so out of the second season of Doctor Who comes Torchwood, but in history, Torchwood is already around. So, do you think when these things are happening, do you think Torchwood is already there? Ooh. I mean, because they like like we'll meet in the in the second episode. I know I'm jumping around there. Right. Time, no, that's okay. You know, we're Doctor Who fans. We're used to this. That's okay. Uh, in the second episode, we meet a a doctor, uh, Doctor Sato, who eventually becomes a member of Torchwood. And she says that she was already working for Torchwood at the time. So. Oh, interesting. Wow. Was she? That, like, like yeah. I mean, sort of like, I mean, this, like I said, oh, this is, there's no right answer. I'm just like, was Torchwood already there? Because the events that created it hadn't happened yet. But they mentioned Torchwood at one point in the episode. They well, just, sort of just an offhanded reference, but it's also like just a fun word. It's an anagram of Doctor Who, by the way, for those of you anagram fans out there. Well, you know what though? Okay, so we'll, we'll hear. The thing that immediately struck me is, Okay, so episode one, yes. where does where does this? Well, well, here, well, here's the thing about episode one. Well, no, because this is a perfect segue into this. Yes. There's a, there's a, there's several moments in episode in this first episode called Rose, which mm -hmm. which my 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 uh the title is the title mannequin mannequin two on the move, <laughs> which although you want to think I made up is actually the title of a real movie. Oh yes, no, no, I've seen it. So so there we go. 
All right. But here's the thing. He has a few moments where he's admi- he looks at his ears in the in the mirror and he's like, oh, you know, this is fr- you are led to believe yes. this is fresh off a of regeneration. Yes. In light of I had that, I had that thought as well. That's what my original uh, theory was in, in light of the day of the doctor. Mm-hmm. Well, then I don't understand. This is well, this is one thing. I OK, so, you know, I actually have an answer for this, but go, oh, go ahead. Well, I mean, like when, he, when they when they have the crazy guy who's the conspiracy theorist and he's like, oh, yes. look, I've done all this research. Why didn't they just Clive. use pictures of Tom Baker and Peter Davison and John Pertwee? Right. Like that didn't make any sense. I agree. I thought that too. And I, so I, uh, I was wondering that too. Like, why didn't they do any of that previous stuff? And, and he, he mentions at one point offhandedly that he had other faces or something like that, you know, Clive and his, in his mad conspiracy thing. But yeah, they show all of these things in the doc and, and, it, and you look at it and go, okay, we'll do all the time. I get it. But like none of the things that he shows happened in the course of the show, right? So they they then I I my thought had always been like yours that when he sees himself in the mirror, that's the first time you see that he's fresh off his regeneration, like fresh off the events of the time war. He his his mind is still warped. He thinks that he used the moment to end the time war and kill every. And clearly, this season is about you know a time lord's version of ptsd right like he is going through issues in this which i i really i really liked especially how chris recklson really digs in on it and i actually have a bunch of uh examples i'm going to play uh to to sort of support that theory i and, and so i was wondering about that too and now one of my friends i think it was my friend kim but i'm not sure now had said and i apologize for the, if, if one of the persons is listening and they and they they told me this and i didn't think it. their theory their no prize fan theory was that at the end of this episode the doctor is going to leave he says, like, oh, I can, I can take you anywhere you want to go. And she says, no, that's right. And he leaves and then comes back and opens up and says, you know, it's also a time machine. And then she's like, oh, right. And then runs and gets in. In that second, all those adventures happen oh. because this is a time machine. Like, he left and then went, oh, I guess I'm on my own. And then went to the Titanic. He went, I mean, like, he did all these, you know, push boxes at the Boston Tea Party. He saw the fall of Troy. Like, all of these things that he talks about in the course of the episode. And then went, I should tell her it's a time machine. <laughs> and then uh, now that's, that's, but that, ooh, that's actually Later, Right? So that, so I was like, yes. I was like, you know what? As, as headcanon, I'll take it. Sure. He did all stuff well, and then went, you know what? I can't live without her. I really need Rose. And then came back and got her. That was one thing. So that's one thing. However, from the mouth of RTD, from Russell T. Davies, uh, they, someone asked him about that moment. They said, like, he looks in the ears and he's like, no, I, he's like, I did not want to do a freshly regenerated doctor. I didn't want to have him with regeneration sickness and going through all that. I wanted to have my doctor had had adventures. He'd been living his life. And now this is the next one. And the, the moment was just him looking like, like he does just going, oh, well, that's not like he's just not a person who spends a lot of time looking in the mirror. So that was never supposed to be. Uh, he's just oh, he's never looked in a mirror before. It was just him going, well, still the big years. OK, like and so he he wanted to have that all those things had happened already. OK, and, and I got to say this, like, obviously, I'm being super critical of this. I oh, realize sure. we're, we're, we're talking about what was a Herculean task yes. of resurrecting a series that had been dead for 16 years. <laughs> Long blood. I mean, and it had a, had a, so had, easy to fail. Yeah. had a false reboot in the mid nineties. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, look it, I, I get it. It's just, it's just, wow. I, I, I'm kind of appreciating it in the lens of looking at it from 2018. Yes. Um, it's just interesting that some of this stuff is kind of weird that way, but anyway, all right. So I yeah, I just it's 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 just one of those those fun things. So I, I it's like you can you can believe what you want. Headcanon is 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 right. perfectly acceptable here. So like uh, you can go either way, but I think that there is sort of there is has been thought put into it that he had been running around and doing stuff before that. But I think they did a I think they goes. did as as good a job as they can. When I when I've watched this first episode, yes, the two the, there's a couple things that really strike out at me. It's terrifying. 
mm-hmm. it's 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 over the top funny. Yes. So you have both this comedy humor, which again, Eccleston looks like he's a fish out of water, but okay. Uh-huh. But it's terrible. I, I, and it's a great introduction back to the series for people who either forgot it mm-hmm. or didn't know what was going on. Yeah, because I mean, they they cover everything in a very yes. very quick thing, like sonic screwdrivers, TARDIS, traveling in time, Time Lords, like all. I mean, like they they really do a nice job of doing it, and also. And, but not in a let's stop and have exposition way, like in a in a in a bad episode of Star Trek kind of way, where it's just like well, like and, and, let's bring it into a stop while I tell you the the entire history of my race. And and I love and I well and I also love like and, and they he sets the tone of like wow, there's been a trauma. Yes, he's obviously dealing grappling with something, and he doesn't he want to talk about it. Doesn't want to talk about it, <laughs> and yet That's still, I love that from the very beginning, which is evident for the last you know ten seasons, has been. The doctor's morality compass is I'm going to show mercy and understanding even to those who, who might not deserve it, yeah. according to humans. Right. And I think that that's very clear from this first episode. You get that, and it's great. But, he's, I, but he's, I, that's more, he's much more militarily minded at this point. Like he, he has that, uh, that wounded soldier thing going on because like he goes to meet with the Nessacene consciousness, and he has the thing that will kill it in his pocket. But he's not, right. it's not his plan, but he right. has it. It's, right. it's the, that's, that's the doctor thing. I'm going to try and talk to you as much as I can, but if things go wrong, I have this thing too, but that's the, when they find it. He's like, I wasn't going to use it. I just, I just had it just in case I didn't know. The only thing that, that also struck me about this episode is, um, okay. So I, I the production value is not bad. Sure. Right. I for mean, like, you know, there's who are not known for, for throwing no. money at, especially at sci-fi. Shows. It's, it's, they do a great job costume design that the autons, right. That's, that's what the mannequins are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Very, very scary because yeah. it, because it's, it's, it's stuff. Um, some of the CGI is laughably funny, like <laughs> yeah. uh, the garbage bin swallowing Mickey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a funny but moment, I, but boy, is that some rough CG. But I got to say the part that gets me is the synthesized music. Oh, really? The bam, 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 I, I mean, like, okay. And I, and I like, you have flashbacks to the eighties, like, you know, Peter Davison issue. And I was like, that's kind of cool for a while. And then you're like, oh, come on. Yeah. It gets Murray gold, you know, God bless him. He's done some amazing music stuff for him. I, oh, I think, give him an orchestra. He can actually do some amazing yeah, stuff. And, and he will like, we'll see that yes. down the line. I think when, when I think, it also changes with the doctor. I think too, I think when they get into, uh, to, to David Tennant, I think it gets much more operatic. There's a lot more of that, you know, like, oh, like that kind of, and, and a lot more orchestral. So I'm not a fan. So, so getting into this, I'm not, I, I, Eccleston intrigues me. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of Rose, but oh, I'm, okay. I'm, but I'm way less of a fan of Rose's mother. Oh God. Yeah. I think <laughs> is one of the most annoying characters in all of Doctor Who. Yeah. It's, it's not just that she's annoying. It's that they keep coming back to her. <laughs> she's, like, it just, oh. yeah. I, I, I guess there are some fans out there of her or whatever, but like, boy, it's the, the no. overbearing mother thing. Like, I mean, I, I really like Mickey and I, I like his arc. I mean, he goes from like, just like, a, Oh yeah. You know, oh no. Mickey's got a great guy in the right. pub wants to watch the soccer game and stuff too. And then to, to where he ends up as this like, you know, serious. No, her, her mother, the whole, Ugh. the whole weird, awkward, cougary <laughs> sort of, he's just weird. Yeah. And it's, and it's not cool. And, yeah, and it yeah, wasn't. It wasn't it. cool in 05. It's not cool today. No, it's like I originally right. watched this. I was just you know, uh, you know, uh, newly married and and no kids and just like having you know having a good time. But now I'm a parent, and now watching it even like from a parent's perspective, nope, still don't like her. Like, yeah, <laughs> like wow. I get that Rose is 19, and you don't want her running off with an old guy. It is. I mean, basically, an old guy shows up in a in a slick car and be like, hey, I'm going to take your daughter and run around. I get it. 
but at the same time, she's she's so annoying and overbearing, and I, yeah, it's even even in retrospect, still don't like even knowing sort of her her arc, sort of like she never really changes. She's the same oh, as she is. Oh, it's yeah. yeah. Doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, but I, one thing from that episode, uh, what, it actually has one of my favorite Doctor Who speeches that he gives, and this is, and uh, I always find it interesting when he's trying to convince someone not to come with him. So this, I, I like that it's always the Doctor Who thing of it's, I want you to come with me, but I don't want you to come with me, or I want you to know what you're in for. And so this is the thing that that's him sort of explaining who he is. Really, though, Doctor, tell me, who are you? Do you know, like we were saying, about the Earth revolving? It's like when you're a kid, the first time they tell you that the world's turning and you just can't quite believe it because everything looks like it's standing still. I can feel it. The turn of the Earth. The ground beneath our feet is spinning at a thousand miles an hour. And the entire planet is hurtling around the sun at 67,000 miles an hour, and I can feel it. We're falling through space, you and me, clinging to the skin of this tiny little world, and if we let go, that's who I am. Now forget me, Rose Tyler. Go home. I love that. He also says that stuff and then like forget me after that speech. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's that's I love really that good. But I, the, this is the thing that I love about Christopher Eccleston is man, you give him a speech like that and he can dig in on it. Oh, absolutely. Oh, and absolutely. I have a bunch of examples of that too. Uh, uh, as we go through, like he's when he and I like Russell T Davies is great at writing those kind of things too. He has a couple of those moments too, and and you know some of the guys down the line too, but. I, I love when they can have that just stop for a moment and just it's just you and the doctor like you're just like you know close close up angle on his face as he's giving this stuff totally that's when it really shines uh, so it, it just, as as you are a tech nerd like I am uh, these episodes were actually at one point released on UMD oh <laughs> you might as well put them on a laser disc I know. oh Sony you tr- what the heck <laughs> you tried seriously. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, like, now there's a Doctor Who collector's item. Oh my God, that's crazy. So, uh, so Rose does end up going with the Doctor, and they and they end up traveling. So they travel to the end of the Earth. We get to see <gasps> the Earth getting destroyed. So in episode two, um, or known or known as the Wizard saves the chocolate factory. <laughs> <laughs> that's good i like that and i'm gonna tell you no and why, where does that title come from he's he's li- okay i get the whole steampunk tardis not not as much as the later tardis no but my god what is he doing when he's pumping that air pumper <laughs> yeah on the tardis console so i'm thinking like wizard of oz like i mean and it's got the kind of that whole feel and you have blue man group oompa loompas in this episode <laughs> that's true <laughs> So that's all I got on this. Well, no, I have more of it. Go yeah, ahead. We, we, this is the first time he mentions the last great time war, which is what they call the time war. Eventually, we just call it the time war. Um, but uh, that we find out that's sort of where his some of his stuff comes from is that he uh, is was the sole survivor of this war. We don't know who was with or who was involved. We know that somehow I think they 
they say that during the time war that's how the the autons how they lost their planet was because of that uh and in this we we see a couple ramifications that he he talks about that uh-huh. so a little um a little bit of stuff on this i mean obviously the the, the, the plot of that we're going uh, ahead to the end of the earth mm-hmm. and all these people these rich people are coming yeah. to watch it all happen mm-hmm. okay so a couple of interesting russell t davies thing and i and i will bring these up a little bit from time to time because the show deals with this with these with these topics a lot yes um, they go to the platform to see this happen, and the announcement is, is that it forbids the use of weapons, teleportation, and religion, <laughs> which I, of course, laugh at. Yeah. And and the, 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 the irony here is, what is the base in the shape of? A oh, cross. yeah, it is. It is in the shape of it's, a cross. And it's not, like, it's not like a plus sign. No, it's oh. a cross. Yeah. And I just... <laughs> Yeah. Again, uh, right, he's, there, it's, he's he's like you can tell he, him has his own issues. He's oh, it's not by accident. Like that is no, no, that's not by accident at all. But anyway, I just thought it was really kind of funny. Like, okay, all right, let's see where you go with this. Yeah. Um, so anyway, no, it's really interesting, and and I think this this is the episode to me where you get these really funny pop culture references mm-hmm. that happen all throughout the season. Yeah, the Britney, the, the, the toxic playing toxic and tainted love. That tainted love thing. It was, that was great. Oh, toxic. Um, the iPod is the jukebox. Yeah. And, you know, you just have I this. Zoe uh, spotted. I have, a, I have a copy of the British edition paperback of the first Harry Potter book, which looks very different from ours. Uh, and oh, and right. Zoe spotted it in the, in the glass cases. They have like, one of the things they have is a, is a Harry Potter and the philosopher's stone paperback edition. In one of the cases. Oh, oh interesting. Yeah, because the and this is uh, uh, J.K. Rowling's the one who who like it was Harry Potter was hot at the time. It was like you know it, like white hot at the time, and so her influence sort of bubbles through Doctor Who a couple of times as well. Right, right, right. Interesting. Okay, um, Russell T. Davis has a nice turn of phrase too. I like I like uh, not only do we have the face of Bo. Oh, face of Bo, face of Bo which, which again is amazing that if he is really winging it russell t davies in that that's funny because that that actually would there's got to be a reason why face of bow is there which we'll find out later right i think it was just like he, i think he just wrote like face of bow and then the design people were like how about a giant face in a jar great right. um and i love the, the adherence of the repeated meme <laughs> yes. that's another little fun little phrase so then we have uh lady cassandra who will lady cassandra o'brien which i always forget too she's not only is she uh, you know the last last real human but she's also irish no wonder she's so pale <laughs> ah. uh, so uh she showed up so uh, apparently lady cassandra was inspired by a real life actress do you know what actress she was inspired by uh no nicole kidman what? And not not as a slam on Nicole Kidman, but Russell T. Davies said he was watching uh, all these things, and she was like su- uh, promoting something, and he would see her on all these things, and he's like, every time he saw her, she was a little bit thinner, and he's like, my God, we are starving these actresses to death in front of our eyes. Oh, interesting. And he was like, how far will that go? And so he took that idea out to the what is the extreme end of that, and it's a trampoline. It's <laughs> you just your your face is literally pulled off of your body. And a bitchy, a bitchy trampoline at that. A bitchy trampoline at that, yeah. <laughs> and we get one of my favorite Doctor Who gags, a uh, recurring gag, uh, the psychic paper. Okay, which is this? Is that the first time this appears? No, apparently it's not. I thought it was too, but it, it had shown up at one point before. Yeah, no, it's it's funny. No, it, it and it completely is something that, yeah, I mean, they, they needed, I think they felt that they needed something other than the sonic screwdriver as a plot, as a plot mobility device. Which is fine. So a little side, a little side note too. Um, there's, I think there's a funny gag 
uh, just when you know her career later on, where uh, Billy Piper, her uh, Rose's character, is is, mm-hmm. is asked if she's a prostitute, <laughs> and I think that's so funny because, of course, it's it's you know insulting and stuff. But then, uh, if you know, Billy Piper goes on to play a prostitute in a TV series after that's she true. Doctor Who. So, and I say this is interesting because like she goes from this, she is clearly learning her way around. Oh, absolutely. Um, but she has become a really great actress. Like, yes. On Penny Dreadful. She's really good. Now, absolutely. according to, according to the Dr. Who wiki, that was the first appearance. I thought I had read somewhere that they had used it in other stuff before, like the third doctor had had it. Oh, no, they but needed. Like he, a yeah. He needed, he needed something. He needs something else to, I love it. And then it comes back multiple times. They find multiple gags to do with it and stuff too. I love it. And our first, uh, uh real true uh, mention of bad wolf comes here too. Right. So we should move on to uh, episode three. Um, and oh, wait, uh, can I just can I just add one thing? Oh yeah, sure, sure. Um, the doctor does a pulls a man of steel. Uh, everything has its time, and it, everything dies. He basically murders Cassandra. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. He, like, he or he does, uh, or or Batman begins. I don't have to kill you. Yes, I don't have to save you. I just don't have to save you. That's that's a better one, right? But but interesting character arc for the Doctor in that you're getting you're you're still getting the Doctor's pain. He has that he yes. has that interaction with the tree uh, Jade, I think. Yes. And you know, I mean, look, he's obviously full of pain, but he's obviously this is a bit of a different Doctor than what you've seen. So they're they're setting certain something up that's. Yeah, um, yeah, you're right. It's like he he like stands aside and just like all right. Well, but it turns out she's not really dead. Maybe he knew that because she is the brain is still there. Right. You know, well, like interesting. The brain in a jar at the bottom of the. If you if you look at her thing, like there is right. a literal brain in a in a like a blue liquid at the bottom. Well, interesting. So interesting segue in episode three, the unquiet dead. Um, yes. My my title is a zombie Carol. <laughs> That's good. And we had our first uh, appearance of a, of a historical figure in the, in the modern thing too, where Charles Dickens actually shows up. Uh, and that actor, I have his name here somewhere, Simon Callow, uh, most known to Americanize, like probably from four weddings at a funeral. Oh uh, yeah. He actually was, he had done this before he had been, he's done a one man show as Charles Dickens. So like it was, it was, this was, this was easy for him, oh, and, nice. but he was also a, a, I would say probably a Dickens snob in that he looked at it and went, yes, Charles Dickens would do this. Like he, he sort of like, wouldn't have script approval, but he looked at it and went, yeah, okay. And so it wasn't like complete out of character. Maybe a Shakespeare scholar might have a problem with the Shakespeare code in the next, or in the couple seasons from now. So but, interesting. Uh, I thought he did a great job. Oh, he did. No, I think, I think it's actually a great, I think it's a great portrayal. Yeah. Um, not, it's a, not a great episode. Yeah. And, and, and plus, you know what I really got from this was? The TARDIS is still just a total disaster. <laughs> well, uh, later on, the TARDIS will explain herself as saying, I don't put you where you want to be. I, I know, need to be. but it's what I mean. Again, <laughs> the pumping. Yeah. And the, and it's, just, it's not my favorite TARDIS. I'm just going to yeah, say that. That's true. It's, it's, this, is the, this is the very stripped down approach. I think uh, the fifth doctor refers to it as the choral theme. Right. Oh yeah, this is the core. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no. So like the it, it, everything is very like hands on and and gritty. Yeah, like you said, steampunk is a good way of doing. I it. don't, very, I don't like it. I, I don't like it. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> like, like this is like you know everything is stripped. Everything is stripped down to to the the basics, so they can build it up to it. By the time we get to you know the Matt the twelfth doctor, or whatever right. things are very built up. Right. Some interesting, um, uh, you know, I, I, a little bit of 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 pushing the. Uh, there's a Barbarella reference, which yeah. was interesting. Yeah. Um, there's a little random note, note too, where like where the the old guy who's the 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 caretaker, and and when uh, Rose is like, I you cop to feel when you like when you like, <laughs> yeah, kidnapped me. I, mean, I was just kind of like, whoa, what? There was one point in the first episode where I thought the doctor had actually said something racist. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. And I actually had to go back. And, I, and he repeats it a couple of times. I'm like, oh, I didn't get it. He was, he was saying um, 
that things are getting too domestic. Is what he, the idea is that it's too like chummy, buddy, buddy, we're all a family kind of right, thing. Right, like, right, right. But I thought he was referring to Mickey as a domestic, as like oh, a, as like a, a, an employee that kind of like, it's like it got weird sort of like colonialism, uh, racism. I was like, oh, 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 did Dr. Did he really just? Well, it, <laughs> I was well, like, oh, no, no, I, I, just, I misunderstood what he meant by domestic. And, and we did have a little bit of flirting, no pun intended. With an interesting decision by the show, which has changed obviously dramatically, and I'm sure will change. We'll see where it goes, obviously, in the future. Sure. Um, where Rose shows up in the costume of the period, the doctor goes, it, almost with lovey-dovey eyes, goes, you look beautiful, considering uh-huh. you're human. Yeah. And I have to say, they because this was a big controversy in the in the t- 96 television special. Mm-hmm. The doctor's... Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that, it's a, it is very, that is a very much of a romantic yes it's it's just interesting again they they're trying to make this very appealing to the to people for the reboot and i get yeah yeah and 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 clearly i i I get clearly that rose is twitter pated like she's very taken with this oh absolutely seasoned gentleman who's handsome and traveling around and you know like you say it's it's the old guy with the cool car it's you know he's like he's successful he's well to do he can take care of me you know (laughs) show me a good time you know but uh, yeah, they, they're playing, and, they, and obviously that those notes don't go anywhere because it's a very much it, like she's like falling in like with him, but she very much is going to fall in love with the next incarnation. We get to see uh, Eve Miles show up for the first time, who eventually will be Gwen Cooper on uh, Torchwood, and oh, they, yeah. they make a nice. There's a nice callback to that in uh, one of the later episodes too, where they they sort of recognize how she looks because of that. They also introduce the rift here, which becomes a, a recurring thing that there's a rift in time and space in um, in Cardiff. Torchwood is on top of, like Torchwood uh, is built around it to protect it. It's sort of like the hell. It's, I think uh, Rusty Davies has already said that he's a, he was a big fan of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which also had just recently ended a couple of years oh, before right. this. Yeah. And so like, very clearly the rift is inspired by the Hellmouth. It's, it's a way of, of having weird things come to you as opposed to having to go to them. And that's for television. They love that because that means they have to build less sets uh, and uh, or, or, or transport people away less. So and 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 just as a, as a note to myself, I always thought that they were the Geth, which is a, uh, also a race from Mass Effect. But they're not; they're the Gelf. It's just in everyone's accents that L sort of gets dropped. Oh, you miss it in there. You can only see it when, when it's like in the yeah. Because letters. there's 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 right. there's um, there's Northern accents, there's Irish accents, there's a bunch of different there. So yeah, they sort of drop that L. It was uh because oh, this this was uh also this a good note for this. The first two episodes were written by Russell T Davies. This was written by Mark Gaddis. And Mark uh-huh. Gaddis not only went on to co-create the reboot of Sherlock, but also is Mycroft in that series as well. So he's a actor and writer. Um, but this was, his, and so when he was talking about the episode, he said, "He said I had this idea of just calling him the Gelf," and I was like, "Oh, with your with your very refined received pronunciation <laughs> accent, I can hear the L now. I couldn't hear it before." Uh, yeah, not one of my favorite episodes. Uh, the Doctor's really good in it. Uh, I, I mean, I like a, a lot of stuff. I like how annoyed he is. That he's going to die in Cardiff, <laughs> 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 which I, I, I always get the impression that they always make such cracks about Cardiff. Cardiff must be, you know, I don't know, uh, Mobile, Alabama. Like it must be just like like Hicksville to everyone else. Uh, even that's where Doctor Who is. Did shot. you find? Did you find overall though? I, I was surprised at how scary. This is again scary. It is pretty scary. I mean, like you know, people, uh, they, they did a nice job with that effect. You know, like yes. saying we talk about limited budget and to, that, that actually the effect, like the the gas ghosts, like coming into people's faces and their eyes and mouths glowing and stuff, it's a really good effect. Yes, they're just not that. I mean, as as you know, gas zombies is 
Eh, okay. <laughs> like, a, it's I think okay. it's a lot scary. On and apparently, this was originally was a horror story, and they said, "Oh, this show airs at seven o'clock on Sundays. Like, you need to." <laughs> and so they had to roll it back to make it more like a a, a an adventure as opposed to like a horror t- tale. So maybe that's part of it too. So we get into our first two parter. Episodes four and five. Uh, the things get super silly. Oh so my is, uh, god, dude! Millions of London and uh, World War Three, or alternately known as uh, the Nutty Professor and Norbit take Downing Street. <laughs> <laughs> Followed by, <laughs> I mean, seriously. Um, and 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 here, let's just do these together. World yeah. War Three, or also known as Indiana Jones and the Tiny Crystal Refrigerator. <laughs> Let me just say, so annoyed by these episodes. <laughs> there's a, there's a, I, I, I did not, I did not enjoy my rewatch of these episodes. I will say that the there's, a lot, there's a lot thing. of good stuff in it, but the overall okay. thing of the fat farting aliens is. Oh like, my uh, god, dude! Like seriously, and the okay. Here's the thing. Here, just pull it together. The, well, I mean, okay. Why, why, why are those titles? Yes, because it's my god. It's fart jokes. Yeah, They're like literally the whole time. And let's just go right to the end. How do we resolve all this? By launching a missile at ten down at ten Dowling Street, yeah. Okay, and how do they save themselves? By locking themselves in a safe room that tumbles like Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, where he locks himself in a refrigerator and he uh-huh. mag- magically appears, like completely stupid. And it makes me wonder if the people who wrote Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull didn't get that idea from this episode. <laughs> they watched it. One, hey, oh, hey. Okay, I mean, totally Dr. ridiculous. Can work for Indiana Jones. The only redeeming thing from this is, is that it's okay. There's two things I will redeem from it. Okay, I love the fact that when when Russell T. Davis is doing the show, he's mm-hmm. like, you know what? I'm a fan. I'm going to deal with some of the big issues the classic show never dealt with. Yeah, and one of the things it deals with in the show is. What are the actual repercussions of taking people from the planet Earth as my companion? Yes, and and what happens in their ap- when they're, within their abs- absence? Yeah, yeah. I, it's because you come back and it's a year later, and like her mom is is you know was hunting for her that she's missing, and they and call the Mickey police. Got, Mickey and, got blamed for it, and and Mickey goes on go becomes crazy, and yeah. and yes, it's actually very interesting and adds a very realistic part to the story. So, so for that, I, I understand him having that her having a family makes sense because that she is literally absent from their lives for this while she's doing this right. stuff because the doctor is good at some things and, <laughs> and hitting that exact time is not one of them. So yeah, that was good. And it's interesting. The, the Slavine are also a, um, a family, not a race, right? That's the, the Slovene family there. And so they're actually, um, they are uh, Araxaconico-Phalipatorians. Oh. <laughs> I only know that because of the great Luke Ski. I recommend anybody. I think I, I've, I'm going to try and see if I can uh, find one of his songs to put on the end of the episode. But he uh, he has a, he is he is a the geeky version of Weird Al. So he'll take a song. So he, uh, Rob Bass and DJ, I don't know, uh, the song It Takes Two. And he made a song called It Takes Who. Oh jeez! And, and so, like, I've listened to that so many times that I, I now have memorized uh, Araxaconico Phalipatorian. He says it in the, in the rap. <laughs> uh, so the other one. Okay, so here's the other, the other point I would get from this is very interesting social commentary about modern society. You know, here a spaceship crash lands, and what is the world doing? And the doctor's watching the TV. People are having parties, yeah. and one of the clips is of a of a, a baking show where they're showing you how to make an alien cake to yeah. celebrate the aliens. It actually that, that's yeah. that's a legitimate. I wish it wasn't wrapped in a in a the Nutty Professor sex six, <laughs> but I mean it would. It, it's an it's an interesting point to make. 
That's all. Yeah. I, I, it's interesting that, to see uh, how the human race at this time would deal with something like that. Uh, and also how they feel about the doctor because this is the, we have the return of unit because doctor when the, right. the third doctor, when he was on earth basically worked for unit, he was very much like the James Bond of that time. Like he was their agent on the go because he was on earth the whole time. Um, he wasn't traveling around like the rest of the doctors. Uh, so we have that sort of come back around and we get to meet Harriet Jones. Yes. Prime minister uh, MP. It turns out she's, she's the MP of Flydale. Flydale's a made up area, uh, but MP is minister of parliament. So I get to, she's like a, a low level congressman. Right. So she'd be like the congressman from Rhode Island. Right. So everybody's just like, okay, whatever. Like, yes, you can be here, but really. That is kind of a funny, that's a funny running gag though. Where yeah. she's constantly it is funny. She, and she keeps, and throughout the rest of the time she shows up, right. she's, uh, you know, constantly introducing herself, even though she, even the time that she's the prime minister, she's doing that. And then that's the doctor eventually reveals that she's part of the golden age, which eventually he will end up bringing down. So we also learned a couple of uh, continuity things. Uh, we, we have the TARDIS key come back. The TARDIS key becomes a big deal. Uh, it used to be just he had a key that he would do that. And uh, even in the TV movie, he actually hid the key <laughs> above the, <laughs> like on the sign where it says police box. Right. You would reach up there and the key was there, like driving through space and time. Eh. But it becomes a big thing, like him giving her the key and, she, and the key will glow. And like the key ends up taking up all this. The, the, it takes It does a lot of stuff as the as the series goes on. Russell Davies puts a lot of uh, stuff onto the key. Well, we, we, we definitely get the impression, much more so than classic Who, of the, the life of the TARDIS, that there's a connection, that there's, it, it's more than a vehicle. And I think that's kind of cool because that, that obviously gets expanded and developed all throughout the course of the 10, 10 seasons. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and we also learned that the doctor is 900 years old. There we go. Uh, like we, we sort of had always wondered like exactly how he is. And then this would become a thing too, because uh, uh, I think um, in the late, in, in the Matt Smith era, his age becomes hugely important because they talk about it a lot and because right. we meet multiple versions and that sort of thing. So at this point though, he's 900, I can't remember what, 900 and something, but basically he's 900. But yeah, so let's, let's move on from the Slovene. Oh geez. That was, that was not fun. <laughs> so episode six, uh, Dalek or alternately uh, known as the Swiss army death box. <laughs> Because, because I mean, here's the deal, right? Like, if you're a classic Who fan and you're like, and I'm sure people were watching the Snow Five, they're like, oh my god, the dialects are back, great. Yeah. Well, they just went nuts with the whole it can fly and yeah, what do the it, little balls on the side do? This is clearly this is this is a very much a love letter to the Daleks. Yes. As a, it was also, I felt there was a little bit of like. Uh, Russell Davis having his backup, like you know what people make fun of the Daleks as pepper pots and like they're scooting around and kind of stuff. He's like, I'm going to show them that they are really serious threat. I absolutely adore this episode. I think it's one of my favorite of all the Doctor Who episodes. I think it's not only is it great for that, like to to establish one Dalek to show what one Dalek could do as a serious threat, and then later on when there's a when there's a ton of them later on at the end of the season, it's oh god because you know that it, like you said the Swiss Army knife of death, like right. this thing one could wipe out a planet like what's when you have a million of them you are totally screwed so it re- helps raise the stakes i think uh, personally with daleks for me it's it's a it's lesser returns every time they show up it's like oh <laughs> like oh they're back again well oh, no this back. was i think oh, this well, you know they they but tried this was a great way to reboot them too well and it's great and it's funny is because they call back to this when we get to matt smith seasons there's a there's a there's an episode that kind of is the same tone of the single dialect and like you know and and how he deals with that it brings it really brings the viewer into the doctor's biggest battle, which is how does he avoid not becoming what he detests? Yes. 
Yes. And this I, one, I, this one is, th- and that's why it's a good episode. I agree. Again, this is another thing of showing Chris Rackers and how he can really dig on it. The hatred yeah. he has for this doll. I mean, like, it's not just like, oh, it's like, oh, it's another alien. And it's like, it's like, oh, he's bad. We should not. I mean, like he, I mean, like he tortures, like you're, you're talking about, he kills Cassandra. He tortures that Dalek. He flips that switch. You know, and and sends electricity like he, and then walks out, <laughs> like it, he wants it to suffer, and it, it's like, and it, so he blames a lot too. So that 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 brings us to like you're talking about another one of my favorite speeches or, or moments with him. This is with uh, where he's uh, confronting the Dalek, and the Dalek has wiped out almost everyone uh, and is getting ready to almost leave, uh, and the Doctor uh, loses it with it. Where shall I get my orders now? You're just a soldier without commands. You see, it's all gone. Everything you were, everything you stood for. Then what should I do? All right, then. If you want orders, follow this one. Kill yourself. The Daleks must survive! The Daleks have failed! Why don't you finish the job and make the Daleks extinct? Rid the universe of your filth! Why don't you just die?! I love that. Like that's, just th- that's completely a, just loses it. I want you to die. That's uh that's DC Universe Dark. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really? Like, okay. Yeah, and, and shout out to Nicholas Briggs there. Like he's doing the, the voice of the of the Dalek. Oh, like yeah. he's he's the in, he's been the voice of the Dalek, you know, all the way through and Cybermen and a bunch of other aliens. So let me ask you this. If we remade this episode today, would mm-hmm. the guy who's the the obviously the crazy American, would that be Elon yeah. Musk? I was thinking that, yeah, as I was watching, I'm like, oh yeah, that's kind of what he's like. Yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, a couple years from now, he's going to be, he's going to, he's going to be, you know, 50, 10 stories underground with a collection yeah. of. When he, when he announces things. he's building a uh, a center in Utah to yeah. to make Tesla vehicles, go. Hmm. But a really good episode though. This one, this one, really I, 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 I like this episode a lot. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of good stuff in there, and we meet a new companion, Adam. Oh, <laughs> Adam, who's going to be with us for? Well, let's move on to the next episode. Yeah, let's move on to the next episode. <laughs> so, episode seven, uh, oh, which is the long oh, game, but oh, mm, long game. I'm oh, I can't. All right, go it's, ahead. It's Blobfish NATO seven. <laughs> Hold on, there's a subtitle. Oh, Wait a minute, is that Simon Pegg? <laughs> <laughs> but this this goes to show you the sort of the power of Doctor Who. I mean, like Simon Pegg is another one of those kids who grew up on it. Of course. Just yeah. like, you know, basically he's the same age as us, essentially, like within that same kind of thing. Probably had the same experiences. And like, you know, Doctor Who goes, hey, would you, would you be interested in doing anything? Yeah, great. Shoot. It's the blobfish, though. Dude. <laughs> yeah. Again, the CGI is. It nimble. sets up. Look at, I mean, look at it sets up the finale because this is this will tie into you know, the last two episodes. Uh, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know what else more to say about it. Mm. I think he, I think so. So at the time, Simon Pegg was coming right off of Shaun of the Dead. So he was a pretty legit get for oh, that. Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, so like, I mean, he, I mean, he wasn't, you know, not, not sort of where he's now, you know, post Scotty and stuff too. But like he, you know, he was uh, definitely a known thing from not only was he big in England with Spaced, which by the way, if any of you have not seen Spaced, the, the sitcom that he did with Edgar Wright, you absolutely need to see it because it is some of the best work that both of them have done together. It nice. is fantastic. Fantastic. 
fantastic. I keep doing that, but yeah. So that having him be in there and really get to be a bad guy and so too, as 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 the rest of the episode. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, the, I mean, I kind of. I mean, yeah. There's the thing with the in their heads the that pops open and and Adam trying to. I think the idea was that he was trying to get the money for a cure for his father who had some kind right. of illness or something. And yeah, that's it. This this episode like could be you know removed and. I don't think anybody would cry big tears. I, I feel bad, you know, Simon Pegg is sort of, sort of a disposable episode, but he's sort of the best part about what would otherwise be right. a forgettable episode. Absolutely. Though it does set up Satellite 5, which comes back to play later on in the in the season. Uh, so, all right, so let's move on. Oh, <laughs> I, yeah, no, I, I really didn't have say with that one. No, so, I got nothing really. I got nothing really on that one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so then, all right, so then we get into some, um, uh, we get into some, some serious uh, heartbreak and time travel stuff like uh, intersecting well. Uh, another episode written by Mr. Paul Cornell. Paul Cornell is a, a longtime Doctor Who writer uh, for prose. He had written novels and, and that kind of stuff and this is the first time he got to write a full-on episode and another of uh, the writers I've actually met, he is a, a gentleman and a scholar. He was uh, could not have been uh, nicer to me uh, when I chatted with him. Uh, so this is Father's Day alternately known as... Okay, so I can't do a Kylo Ren voice but if I could I would and the title would be how not to train your dragon, let the past die. <laughs> Is that colon? <laughs> I mean, it's colon, yeah. Let, after dragon, how not to train your dragon, colon, let the past die. <laughs> let the past why, die. Why is the doctor a complete <laughs> goober? Like, hey, where do you want to go? Well, I want to go to the day that my dad got killed by a car. Okay. Oh, can't see anything bad will happen to that. <laughs> Let's go. Okay. Hey, you know, I can't really see it. Can we, can we get closer? Oh, yeah, sure. Let's try that. <laughs> And I know there's so many people who say they love this episode. Uh-huh. No, I, I, they lost me at the beginning. And the, the, the dragons. Come oh yeah, on. The, the reapers. Yeah, originally the original design was oh. with a grim reaper, and then it, it sort of became more and more of a, of a, of a flying space dragon. I, I, you know what? I just this one. I just it's a typical time paradox. Yeah. Oh my it god. It is. It is typical. Time, but Doctor doesn't deal a lot with that, especially with the companions. Well, you know, I what like, they should have like, done. I like what I think Paul Cornell does well with with that with a lot of the tropes is that he digs in on the emotion. Yes. Like but... they really have those. Like they're really agonizing over this stuff. I, I that's still where, that's what it works is the emotion as opposed to the. the the wibbly wobbly stuff. I still expected at any given moment for Jean Claude Van Damme to hyper <laughs> go into this and say, You're in violation of time code 1735. <laughs> Come on. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's I I I like it. I, you know it's 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 one of those uh, um, be careful what you wish for things. Yeah, so exactly, exactly. But yeah, I think it's it's a it's a good emotional. Like, yeah, it's like not one of my favorite episodes, but I think it's a really it's a solid one. Ah, uh, then we get to, okay, so then we move on to episodes. Uh, and I'm sorry, it's like the people out there are like you can spend five minutes. That's my favorite episode of all time. You're gonna spend two minutes on it. Like, Star. Well, I mean, no, we gotta <laughs> keep moving. <laughs> this is and 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 actually, I think this is gonna be the genius of this. Right, uh-huh. like we're yeah. gonna be like you're gonna get a whole season and like uh, that's right. So yeah, like the Doctor, we move on. We move on. All right, so we I want back to another. We, this is a Stephen Moffat episode. This is his uh, first one actually of the season. So Stephen Moffat, who eventually wound up taking over Doctor Who, uh, he wrote these two part episode: The Empty Child and the Doctor Dances, alternately known as the Underminers Minions. Which I mean, okay, I just got to say, what the f, man? Like, scare when that guy's face turns into the gas oh, mask. I know when the thing comes out of his mouth. Ooh, what's that's a good the effect. deal? I mean, like, oh, totally crazily well done. And the whole, uh-huh. are you my mummy? Uh huh. I mean, like, Stephen Moffat, man, he can take a simple thing and make it super creepy. There's like like a kid with a gas mask. 
just walking around asking a simple question becomes the most terrifying no, it, thing. It, it's it, this is I think I think it's a two parter. I think this is really well done. Okay, so the second part, the Doctor dances, or I like mm-hmm. to call this is going to be this is going to be a deep cut if you're a classic okay. Who fan, Adric forever. <laughs> Wow. Well, okay, and, and I'm going to explain why. But look, at, I mean, here's here's what's great is it's scary. It's, yes. you know, it, it totally makes you uncomfortable. So I love it because, and I am a fan of Stephen Moffat. I'll admit that. Yes. Like, I, I love it. It's a great he, he story. He has his issues, just like Russell C. Davies has his issues too. We, but I, I, I am a, very respectful of his talent. He is a very good storyteller. So, and, and we have the introduction of who I hope to see again. Mm-hmm. Because I really think if if there's one character they can bring back in the new in in Jodie Whittaker's tenure, mm-hmm. Captain Jack's character <laughs> is interesting. It pushes the it pushes the edge of, of yeah. certainly for even that time. Um, you know, w- w- b- bisexual, and and you're mm-hmm. and you're totally amazed that they're actually dealing with these types of 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 storytelling, and it's phenomenal, really well yeah. done. He, John Barrowman is fin- fantastic. He is just amazing. He owns the character from the beginning. Yeah, he's a he wonderfully does this 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 whole story. Um, and the, and the the Doctor dances. Adric Forever is is like, well, if you remember this from Earth Shock, it's a Peter Davison episode, and they kill off one of the characters. Well, and I know there was a reason why they couldn't do it, but it was almost like they were fixing that, right? Like mm. this story. And I think oh, yeah, Moffat true. actually did this. You know, I'm, I'm going to pretty dark, and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, surprise! You're getting a happy ending. Yeah, let's go! Come on, man, we can just materialize, and you could just bail. That's kind of funny. Like they couldn't do it with Adric, but you know, they're <laughs> so anyway. It's it's really good. I like it. it it's is. it's scary. It's got a great. I, one of my favorite one of my favorite creepy moments is even when they're before the doctor changes the uh, surgeon doctor, not the the doctor. They're in the ward, and he's all these bodies are there, and he's like, well, how they all die? He's like, oh, they're not dead, and he like he like what, claps his hands, or whatever, and they all sit up it was like oh, oh my god yes <laughs> they're all just laying they're all just like eh, we don't know what they're, they're all just laying there <laughs> and and you know and actually that's i mean that's that scene's played out later i mean like there's a peter capaldi episode that actually has a scene like that oh, like yeah, th- i mean it this this was one of this this and well because he, he wrote it it's just really well done i like this 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 is probably you know in the top part the top third of this season for me definitely i'm usually not a fan of the doctor who two-parters i feel like every time that they've they've done a two-parter I really feel like, yeah, they could have done this in one. Oh, absolutely. Right. Like every, almost almost every time. But this one, I feel like really earns it. Yep. Like it really does a nice job of making it. And, and at the end, having it like you know, at the end of the first episode, at the end of Empty Child, that like, oh man, <laughs> like things are really bad. Like how the hell are they going to get out of this? And then right. like, they, they jump to the next episode and have to go through. And they actually come out with a happy ending for this really dark, bleak episode. Uh, in a very dark, bleak time in history, they actually find a way to have a happy ending, and that is pretty amazing. So, yeah, it really—it's like it takes you through all the whole gambit of emotions. Yeah, this is really one of the probably one of the highlights of this of the season entirely is this. Like, and and, and say I am feel the same way about Captain Jack. He's so great, so fast. Yeah. Like Rose takes a while to sort of warm up, or like or sort of to get into it. But like from the second Jack Harkness steps on the stage, he is a hundred percent Jack Harkness. And like it's like I'll follow you into hell, like you know, like what he <laughs> he's great, uh, yeah, like a perfect, a perfect uh, writing and perfect casting. Ten, like a lot of stuff, it tend, he tends to wear out his welcome. I think yeah, as as it goes along, like the sure, more they sure. use him, it tends to, to diminish a little bit. But from for this point, he is yeah, he's just charming and, and wonderful. He's uh, due. He's due for a return. I, hope, I, think, I, I hope. think so too. I think I think I think he works well as a companion to a doctor. I don't know when they put him in Torchwood. Uh, we'll get to Torchwood when they talk about. But I'm I'm not the biggest fan of Torchwood. Right. But there is one moment in this that I play. It's probably not the one you you think I'm going to play. Uh, but there's one exchange that is is one of my favorites uh, in, that happens in this episode. I will play it for you now. This is this is uh, the Doctor and uh, Jack Harkness talking about uh, sonic weapons. 
Sonic Blaster, 51st century. Weapon factories of Villengard. You've been to the factories? Once. Well, they're gone now, destroyed. Main reactor went critical, vaporized the lot. Like I said, once. There's a banana grove there now. I like bananas. Bananas are good. I love that. It's just this <laughs> tossed off thing of, of like, yeah, it's like, I've <laughs> only been there once. It's destroyed now. Yeah, like I said once <laughs> it's like oh man <laughs> like <laughs> i don't that's- know what that story is but holy crap i love that Stephen moffat is great at doing that just like having a small conversational side that could be an entire episode but also <laughs> uh, the doctor did i think personally for me chris eccleson at his best like mm-hmm. when he has those when he has those really quick like follow-up one-liners it's yes uh, it's oh just, yes it's, it defines his doctor i like it i like it a lot i like him i like him a lot more than i thought i would because of those oh, moments okay also, uh, just as a, as a continuity thing, uh, do you know when the next time the doctor that we see the doctor visit Villengard is? No, Capaldi's last episode. Oh, what? That's where he goes to meet uh, Rusty. That's yes! he's on Villengard. Oh my god, that's amazing! I know. Oh, I was wow. like, I was like, wow! Like that's when you go, oh come on, guys! Like, <laughs> like they they just they, it's one of those things where like if you don't list, if you don't notice. Eh, no big deal. But if you do, you go, oh, God. Well, again, though, Moffat. I mean, how yeah. Moffat of that is. Exactly. How Moffat. Yeah, that's good. great. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Okay. So then, all right. So then we, uh, the doctor actually gets, we can see the doctor dancing, gets to play some, uh, some Glenn Miller, and he uh, dances his way out of the episode. And Jack Harkness has now uh, jumped on board the TARDIS. Yes. As, as his ship got all blowed up. Uh, so we move on to episode 11, Boomtown, alternately known uh, as. Norbit 2, Three Mile Island. <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> I hope everyone knows what Norbit is because that's. Really, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you're gonna have to. You're gonna. Well, yeah, I mean, you're gonna have to search Norbit, and then you're just yeah. gonna go, "What is oh, this? This is a real thing. Like that's not a parody." Yes. Movie. Okay, the Slitheen. I'm not. I'm just yeah. not a fan. And I'm. And I'm. Why Russell T. Davies loves him. This is written by him, uh, and he brings it back. Oh. And he brings it back again and again and again. And it's a, it's a, 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 you know, a sabotage power station or whatever, ah, whatever. Yeah. It's they're, they're they are a, a good design in terms of being baby faced and creepy, you know, like yeah, as a big as a big fat things where they're out of their out of their stuff. But then at the same time, there's there's a weird. This is the this is the problem of uh, this is the era where CG became so common that sort of the the physical stuff was going away. That the the difference between the CG. Rocktaconico Fallopatorian, <laughs> the CG Slitheen. I just like, I, I rarely get to bust that out, so I'm going to bust out the most I can. Yeah, that's very um, nice, nice. And the uh, physical uh, guy in suit of the Slitheen are so vastly different. Oh, it's yeah, it's it's comical. Yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah. watch how yeah. fast and how fluid it is as it's running through, like they're running through, as opposed to just like standing there, like with its you know <laughs> clearly rubber claws swiping at people. Ugh. That's cl- I think that's that's all part of the reason why I'm just like, yeah, this doesn't do anything for yeah. me. I, it's it is it is. I, I like it when they can reduce things down to a conversation and have everything be riding on it, though. So I always I say I'm not a big fan of this lead either. Um, but the the morality play that sort of plays out over dinner, I really like that. Oh, right. I really like just right. like just leaning in and just going because I think they're both doing a, a, such a great job of their stuff. And she's sort of manipulating him, and he's taking the hard line. I mean, and they're but they're just having this civil conversation, which is something you don't really see in a lot of the uh, sci-fi stuff, especially with like the like my dinner with a monster. Essentially, you know, they could be the, the other alternate name for this episode. I, I really like it when they they sort of like take a moment to address those kind of things. But yeah. Oh, but so and 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 that's that. <laughs> but um, but here's here's an interesting thing. So this episode shares a very uh, distinct, weird, timey-wimey thing with 
Back to the Future. Oh, because uh, in Back to the Future Two, okay, so let, let's 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 say over the course of the trilogy, in was it October eighteenth, nineteen fifty-five? Is that where he travels back to? Right. So in nineteen fifty-five, how many DeLoreans were there that day? Oh, uh, wait, because not one, it's not one. It's, yeah, it's certainly more than that. that. More than that, three. I mean, how many? Yes. How many were there? There were three. three. There were three DeLoreans. I, I think at one point I actually forget, thought there was four, but there's there's three there's three DeLoreans. There's the one that Marty travels back in. Uh, there is oh I, I remember why there's four. It's it's it, the difference of a course of, of no no there there is there is there's four there's four Deloreans at one point in uh, there's four Deloreans there's the ones that Marty originally travels back I'm, and I, I promise Doctor Who people I'm circling around to a point here <laughs> it's coming it's coming don't worry hang so, on okay so Marty co- travels back in time and that's the first Delorean Biff travels back to give himself the right the thing and that's two uh, Marty travels back. To uh, basically with you know, to to come back to Zeva, and there's one in the cave waiting to be found by them from ni- 1855. Oh wow! So, right. So at one point there are four DeLoreans in in Hill right. Valley. There yeah. are three Jack Harknesses <laughs> in in Cardiff at this point because That's funny. There's, oh, there's wow. the Jack that travels back with the Doctor. Right. There is the Jack who. Uh, it's from further in the timeline, who has come back in time to 1899, I think it was, and is it is serving as an agent of Torchwood, who is like basically right there living it. But they, right. his, his team, I think the, the gimmick was that they were keeping him away, like they were keeping him from interacting with himself. So like his team was like, you know, so he, but he is there, like he is there, and at one point he gets set back in time and cryogenically frozen in Torchwood. So there is a a sleeping Jack in cryogenic storage. In the Torchwood building, they just don't know it at the time. This is all very important because if you <laughs> understand this character, you know that you absolutely need to keep them separated. Yes, you do not want two jacks together <laughs> because two jacks together will end up in other yeah, things yeah, happening. Yeah, it could be, yeah, but it's, I was like, I sort of sat down and tried to figure that out, and I went, "Oh my god, that's right." <laughs> oh, that's great! Oh, right, all right, yeah, yeah. right. We'll be wobbly, timey wimey. This is why we love the show. That's it. That's it. So yeah. So then this, and also they. Uh, Doctor Who tends to to do this, and if you look at the structure of their episodes, they tend to have a quiet episode right before the big finale. Right. And a lot of times, this slot will be filled with episodes where the Doctor is not present, or only the Doctor is present because of of shooting. Uh, you know, the actor, whoever it is at the time, is used so much in finales that they tend to uh, have to actually the scheduling actually in in a, in a very timely kind of way extend backwards <laughs> so they actually need to steal them from the previous episode in order to get all the shooting they need done so this is a very quiet episode because their things are going to be this is this is the slot where blink was this is the slot where uh i can't remember the midnight where he there it's just the doctor and basically it's one set so it's the doctor on a right. stage and that was because they needed uh donna you know they had she had a bunch of stuff to do for the finale so they needed to have her doing double and triple time uh so this is always that this time slot where it's like all right, we'll just stop. We'll breathe. We'll have dinner. <laughs> oh, there's, I mean, there's adventure and there's, you know, there's. Oh, sure, sure, sure. And, sure. and we get to see somebody regenerate into an egg. But this is the the quiet moment before the storm. All right, so all right, so we move into the two part finale, episodes twelve and thirteen. Bad Wolf and the Parting of the Ways, alternately known as uh, Bad Wolf, uh, known as Survivor Game Station Edition. <laughs> <laughs> and the parting of the ways, which now this is going to be weird because there's just one thing that ruined it for me. I'm going to call it Thompson Twins, the TV show. Oh, 
Okay, interesting. And I'll explain why when we get to okay. when we get near. Yeah, um, I'm glad that they decided to do this satellite five. 10,000 channels thing as part of Bad Wolf because whew, some things do not age well. Oh my God. And it's like, so, wow, these pop yes. culture references are so out of date in just a, in, in just a short amount of time in 10 years, I guess. But still like having to like sit down with a, a kid, you know, like uh, my daughter and sit and go, Oh yeah, let me explain to you what the weakest link was. <laughs> and, and if, and if you explained it, they would go, what? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, wait, Oh, that was a show that was on. I'm like, no, no, that was like huge. <laughs> It was like dominating the airwaves. Like that was massively popular. Why? I don't know. Well, it's why, because look, whatever's popular today and 18 months from now, you're going to go, what was that? Like, I mean, it is. The fact they're still showing The Bachelor. It's just. Yes. I mean, well, no. And and it's funny that that, uh, uh, Big Brother is still, though, a thing. Still, Still a thing. Yeah. Um, so you know, I mean, that's kind of funny. The whole, the whole. Th- there's some very good comedy here. It's, yeah. it's kind of amusing. They, they, they do some, they do some funny stuff. Putting them in those, like you're know, basically sticking them into the reality shows things. I mean, like they're, they're doing, they do a very good job of it. And like you know, Captain Jack and his, his magical appearing gun and. <laughs> Oh well, you know, Rose <laughs> well, and one of them. One of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just say that. No, I mean it, it's kind of cute, but wow, I mean the, the weakest link part is just absolutely. Yeah, hopefully that 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 that, that gets resolved here then pretty quickly, and then we right. to, like the serious stuff because we find out that the force behind all of these terrible awful things is the Dalek. Yes, that's true. The Daleks have been sending us terrible reality television. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's interesting. An interesting point can be made here about uh, embracing the past and the retro thing too. Because like, as as we're in this era of hey, everything for the '90s is new again. These these people basically did the same thing. They just they looked at their stuff and went, hey, let's just revive. Let's do these are all revivals of old things. We're dealing Absolutely. with the same stuff. Um, yeah, we get the they have to do off head message to the the Torchwood Institute in this, so we get that'll be important in uh, in in future seasons. I really, I, I gotta say, if I didn't say that enough, I really like that thing i really like that recurring thing leading the breadcrumbs leading up sure. to the arc words and they called them um leading up to something because I, I like that feeling that i'm in the hands of a storyteller and they're taking me somewhere uh, i like i have patience with like let's say currently the currencies of westworld because i'm like clearly you're taking me somewhere i don't know where it is i don't know how we're going to get there or if it'll make sense but like you very clearly have this planned out even if they don't they make me feel like they do, and that's... Oh, no, I mean. absolutely. Perception, oh, I don't care. As long as it seems like that, it's good enough for me. Whereas I, I realized the very midway point of Lost, they did not. The showrunners were just as lost as we were. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, we can do the whole thing on that. But yeah, I, yeah. yeah I do. But, uh, and I, like I said, Leslie Davies is, is winging it, and he's doing a great job of winging it. Like, Abs- I absolutely. Think by this point, he, I mean, I'm sure he knew, like, this is what I wanted to get to, because he knew that Chris Freckleson was leaving. Uh, he knew Rose was staying. I mean, that both of them were in question at, at certain points of, of the creation of this. So, you know, that's, that's a big thing of like, do I write her death? Like, you know, like, do I write her going back to her mom? Like, what do I do? Right up until the last, last minute. And they had to say, okay, this is what's happening. She is staying on. He is leaving. And now I need to write that. And also what do I do with Jack Harkness? Like, who's this great character that I have, I have people fall in love with? Well, actually, you know, that's the thing about Doctor Who is they write it all. They shoot it all. They edit it all before it airs. Right. <laughs> so they have no idea what your reaction is going to be. They just have to go by, hey, you know what? This this uh, Jack Harkness character is really popping, and uh, this uh, John Barrowman 
guy's really fun to have around. Let's do more with him. Let's make him immortal. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so that's what it comes into. It ends up making him immortal because it's like, you know, what better way? They I, I can see the in the in the kill your darlings phase, I can see that a lot of these creators have a hard time letting go of some of their characters. And I don't want any character sure. to necessarily just to die to die, but there are some times where they, an arc is complete and it's good to just let it go. It's 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 great because it's 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 the doctor uh, out of his element, like not prepared for this. A, a huge battle that like he has to figure out how to do science, sciency, yancy, like <laughs> this, this doctor delta wave stuff that he has to come up with. I mean, it's it's uh, versus the Daleks, and we get Emperor the Daleks and their genetic mutant Daleks, and yeah, there's just a lot of just really good yeah. hardcore Doctor Who stuff, all just well. one big ball. And the typical, uh, uh, the only way I'm going to do this Delta Wave thing is like six hours. How much time do I have? Two minutes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. Like, all right. Okay. Sure. Uh, but I do like uh, one of, another one of my favorite moments is at the end of uh, Bad Wolf when all has been revealed. Like, it's the Daleks that's going to do it. And they have captured Rose. And, oh, my God, the doc- like, Doctor's totally screwed. What's he going to do? Uh, I, he has another speech for that I, I particularly love. We have your associate. You will obey or she will be exterminated. No. Explain yourself. I said no. What is the meaning of this negative? It means no. But she will be destroyed. No. Because this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to rescue her. I'm going to save Rose Tyler from the middle of the Dalek fleet, and then I'm going to save the Earth, and then, just to finish off, I'm going to wipe every last stinking Dalek out of the sky! But you have no weapons, no differences, no plan! Yeah. And doesn't that scare you to death? Rose? Yes, Doctor? I'm coming to get you. The Doctor is initiating hostile action! <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's such, it's so pulpy hero just like like yeah i don't know what i'm gonna do but i'm coming <laughs> and you're monologuing yeah like, I, mean, it's, it's, I love it it's it's babe ruth calling the shot like i don't know what i'm gonna oh. do it but i'm going up there i love and then it i'm gonna have a sandwich yeah. and they're like <laughs> like seriously i love that stuff oh it's so good uh no, yeah. it's 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 I mean, I, you know what? It's good. It's an, it's it's a somewhat interesting story. It's a it's an interesting way that ties it all together. Yep. Yep. What 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 ruins it? Oh, for okay. Me what ruins it for you? Is is the okay? So you know, she absorbs the time vortex. Yep. She's basically God. I mean, she's yep. basically like she can do whatever. Just all of time, so she could do whatever. So she wants. she and the effect of like disintegrating the <laughs> the dialects yeah. is amazing. Um, gives Jack Harkness his, his immortality, or yep. you know, we find out later. Yep. Um. But then, okay, the whole scene, this is where I do the Thompson twins, doctor, doctor, and the little love song. That's that line of like, Rose, you're going to die. Oh, there's only one way. I have to take all of the energy within you, and I know how to do it. I'm like, you need, you. but no, it's it's worse than that, because you need a doctor. Oh, see? I thought, oh, come oh, on. I thought that was nice. Like, I'm like, oh, no. you need a doctor. Of course you didn't. Are you serious? Like... <laughs> 
No! It's just, he's like, we like, come on, he's like 20 years older than her. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. The, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm with the major sample. No, and seeing again, like in 2005 eyes, yeah, mm-hmm. I'd probably be like, hey, never. Mm-hmm. In 2018 eyes, I'm like, oh, come on. Yeah. What are you doing? I, I, I never got the impression uh, in the romance thing. Obviously, this is a big moment, like the kissing. I never got that nine was as taken with Rose. As, as Rose 10. was with nine, uh, yeah, and also or, with ten. Or, 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 as, yeah, as, as, as vice versa, and then, but I think that ten, in his own way, was just as over the moon for Rose as she was for him. He just couldn't; he was just conflicted about it. I mean, right, we're gonna, right. uh, as, we, as we talk more about it, but like, I, I don't think that he was this doctor was after what he'd been through was even like capable of having a relationship. Like the right, like right, let's right. say let's say River Song nine would not have worked. I think oh, they right. could have done a lot of kick-ass adventures together, but there would have been no romance. Right. No, no, I agree. Uh, he's just not that. No, no, I agree with that guy. No, no, I totally agree. It just, it oh, just, I, I, think I, I just. Danny Pink could have like sailed on for the rest of yeah, time. They'd have been probably. like like soldier buddies. No, <laughs> it, it's just, it's just. Oh, it was just uh, to me. It was like okay, whatever. And then I think, I think he does have. He has. I I really like his regeneration. Me sequence. too. I, 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 I have very that good. too. I'm, I'm going to play that here too. It's nice knowing that that they knew beforehand. Like they knew somewhere along the line that this was going to happen, so you could sort of build up to this uh, and do it. And I think this is one of the regeneration sequences. I think it's great because it, it's it's a hard thing to do because this also this also establishes the bar because some of the regeneration sequences in the past have not been great. They have just been. Oh, like, yeah. I think I, I, I think even uh, Colin Baker didn't even get one. No, because they fired. They him, fired right? him. Yeah. So they, and it was dormant for a long time. And when they brought back. They sort of were finishing the regeneration sequence, so he never got to do it. So the, the idea of like having a final moment was is actually a brand new thing for Doctor Who. They did a little bit for for four, but uh, a lot of times it was just go from one face to another, and, that, and that's it. You're, you're off and running. But this one, they actually got to to do a whole moment. So I'm going to play that moment here. Every cell in my body's dying. Why can't you do something? Yeah, I'm doing it now. Time Lords have this little trick. It's, uh... It's all the way of cheating death. Except it means I'm going to change. And I'm not going to see you again. Not like this. Not with this daft old face. And before I go... Don't say that. Rose. Before I go, I just want to tell you you were fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And you know what? So was I. I think that's great. I mean, I think the fact that he gets it, then of course it goes big explosions and stuff too. But well, I love the, I, and, and the ego, like it's still there. Like it's he's not just being all like lovey dovey. He's just like I was fantastic too. Well, I think <laughs> I, I, I you know what I always I always really enjoy, and I think this is something that's become very, especially in the last the modern regenerations mm-hmm. is. One, I, again, there's that idea of, hey, well, why don't you do something? I'm, I'm doing it. Like, I love Eccleston. I, I really love that part of the character, this portrayal of the Doctor. Yeah. But the second thing is I I love when the when the writers put in something that is breaking the fourth wall. Yes. Like, because when he's saying, and you know what? I was too. Uh-huh. 
it's the wink wink not not like you know what i did i did pretty good based on what we had to do here right. this was not bad and so so then so then we get into let's talk about the gallifreyan elephant in the room to sort of to close this out here why did christopher eccleston leave uh, and the short answer is I don't know. And this has been one of those Hollywood uh, entertainment things that has always bugged me. Like these are the there's a couple of questions I've just I wanted to answer. So I did as much research as I could, and what I've come to is that midway through shooting there was some kind of a disagreement between Christopher Eccleston and Rusty Davies, Julie Gardner, and then someone else, some other executive that that was unnamed. But basically, Christopher Eccleston has has been this point, and the, it was some kind of an impasse where, like, I, like Christopher Eccleston, I want to, I think it should be this way, and they're like, "Well, you're the paid actor; you'll do what we say." And it's like, "Oh, that's how things are going to be." Well, I can't work like this anymore. And then from then on, it was like, and then the, then it became a a series of who said he said she said what got out, and they because they originally had put the BBC put out a press release saying that Chris Reckleson feels like he's typecast and so he doesn't want to do Doctor Who anymore. And he's like, that's not at all what I said. And and don't you don't speak for me. I speak for me. And so he was pissed off about that. And then it just sort of snowballed as it went on. But that being said, never shows up in the work. Like he, you can tell, like because somewhere, I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't like uh, shooting the thirteenth episode that this happened. It was somewhere in the middle because the right. news got out halfway through the release of the season that he was going to be regenerating because they had they cast a new guy and they had to bring him in and you know, like it was it was the whole media circus began, which also pissed off Chris Reckleson too because it's like I've still got half my season to show. Like we're not talking about the new guy uh, and. And so, but he, but what he has said is that when it was time to leave, he said, I'm going to be adult. I'm going to be a gentleman about this. I'm just going to say, I had a great time. It was a great role. Good luck to the next guy and move on. And that's exactly what he did. Yeah, He has no, not absolutely. come out and talked bad about anybody. It's only over the course of 10 years, bit by bit, he said, I had a disagreement. It didn't work out. It was a hostile work environment is what he basically said. I couldn't work there anymore. I had to go. And, and did I see this correctly? Two of the things in more recent, like the last year or two, I think what he has said is, is that one, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, one is that he really didn't want, it wasn't even just about being professional. He knew the show was going to continue. Yes. He genuinely, I think, liked a lot of the the crew and people on the show. Absolutely. And was like, look, I'm not going to sabotage the shows, which right. I think is really, really commendable on his part. Agreed. But the second thing is, I do think he has, he has acknowledged he's a little bit sad that he didn't come, he didn't show up for Day of the Doctor. Yes. Well, I don't, I don't want to spend the Day of the Doctor, but he has said that he wishes he had done another series. Another, you know, another Interesting. Series okay. Another that, series of it. Because that okay. the Doctor, they, uh, and, and I, I uh, and so he, it took a long time before he even admitted who it was he had a problem with because he just said right. upper management. And I assume that that was the BBC. The BBC. Right. Tend, when something is super popular, tend to come down hard, like to be right. like, oh, well, we, then we need to micromanage this. And I thought that something along those lines, like the, the media schedule or like interviews or something like that had really pissed him off. And, and it turns out it was only in the last couple of years that he said the showrunner, the executive producer, and then somebody else. And so that, that's Russell T. Davies and Julie Gardner. Those are like the ones who have been there all along. So when it came time for Day of the Doctor, Stephen Moffat came to him and been like, look, those people are gone. Like it's right. just me now. It's me. Like you and I have no problems. It's the doctor. I'm not even saying like if you want to come back for the whole thing. Like come back, do this thing, just do this one part. And he said, "No, I'm good." And, and say, like I said, I, I I'm never never angry at him about this kind of stuff because he has handled himself gentlemanly this entire way. Where he oh, was absolutely. like, he's like, "Thank you for asking." No thanks. It was not like 
click. You know, it was <laughs> slam the phone down. No, he just like no. But they, they said, all right, well, when when we have we're gonna have this war doctor in between when he regenerates, can we use your face? And he's like, yeah, go for it. And he's like, and you can use any of the footage. That from me, from any time that I was the doctor, right, which right. he did not have to do. No, right. Like this rights, like there's a big thing about that. He could have said, nope, right. get another guy, shave his head and shoot him from behind. Interesting. Yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, he's done it. I guess he's done the best he can. I wonder though, if someday he won't, he won't relent. I, I would like to, I would really like to know what it was. I, was it something petty? I mean, like, was it, I, <laughs> I don't know. I'm Usually just, that's I, what it is, right? right? It's, it's like, it just, just spirals out of control and it's like, okay, well, you're yeah. not listening to me anymore. I mean, you know, we've, we've been seeing a lot of behind the scenes drama get brought to the fore. Like, look at Solo, look at, right. I mean, or, you know, look at Justice League and, uh, and Zack Snyder and stuff too. Like that, you know, originally it was, Oh, I, I have personal thing. I have to step away. No, turns out not that at all. You were totally fired, and they just used the personal thing to to make it so that people wouldn't uh, already be down on the movie. So we've seen these sort of things play out. But I, I really that that the one regret I have is like he did a a great season. He has nothing to to apologize for. Great thirteen episodes reestablished the Doctor. Like he has cemented his place in Doctor Who history. I really wish he had just done that one thing for Day of the Doctor. Oh, that I think it would have been. I would have. I think it would have. It would have been interesting I, to see the three of them play together. Just just because they're the ones that really brought Doctor Who from cult show to mainstream. Mainstream, I and I think it would have given people more of an appreciation and, and given more of a reason to go back and watch his season. Yeah, yeah. No, you know what I would say is, I, I, I'll tell you this. Again, trying to not look at this through 2018 eyes. Sure. It, it, they absolutely bring the show back in a way that's very scary and very funny mm-hmm. and, and fairly well-balanced. Lack of some of these episodes. Yeah. But you know what? For the most part, you definitely Every get the idea who is that way though. Oh, right. Of course. Of course. You definitely get that. The doctor is an alien. Mm-hmm. He's confident and he actually can find humor in, in very ridiculous situations. Yeah. You know, I think, I think the, the big thing for me, this season was that they dealt with a lot of things that you wish the, that they would have, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, what happens to the companions yes. and what happens when the doctor does have to make a hard choice and those kind of things. I, you know, it was, it was, it had a good peppering of the, of the, of the history of the show and also played, played a, a good, uh, cemented some blocks of, of mystery for the future. The time war, yeah. what's all that about? You know, you're gonna have to get to that at some point. Yeah, we, we saw. But the, I will tell you, the head of a Cyberman, so you know that there's there's Cybermen in the future. Ex- exactly. But I will say, overall, I got annoyed. I got annoyed as it went on. <laughs> really? The, yeah. the, the 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 Russell T Davies this, this the guy? Russell T Davies stuff. I'm kind of curious where this goes because because again, like I've only seen certain parts of Tenants at yeah. Rain. Yeah. I, I just got annoyed, and and the music is. I mean, my God, I, I can't wait until the music changes over till it's not the synth. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I. I think. I think. Uh. It was. Uh, it was kind of impressed that they pulled it together so well. Like it's. It's. It really had the recipe for disaster. Uh, yes. And they actually managed to to make a really compelling science fiction. And and still the stuff that holds up. I mean, like I said, not every episode is amazing. Um. He said, avoiding the word fantastic. But I looked forward to it. Like when I we were, when we talked about doing this, I was like really looking forward to watching these episodes again because I know there's a lot of them that I really enjoy, and I really enjoy the nine. Like I really enjoy him as the doctor. I really, I, I completely him. agree with that. He's yeah, he is very good even when the episode isn't correct. Like I say, absolutely. Like you could say, uh, you know, uh, Billy Piper. Like I said, uh, now she is dynamite on on. Uh, Penny Dreadful, but watching her grow as an actress is really interesting. You know, seeing like her sort of figuring out her way. Like she's got chops right from the start, but then by the time you get to the end of her time in Doctor, and even bringing her back, you know, for uh, for a one-off thing, she has really, really grown as an actress. 
Uh, so yeah, the 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 three of them together have made a pretty pretty effective team. Interesting. Those two debuts. I enjoy and I enjoy I enjoyed that. It. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I will we'll, we'll we'll keep going with the alternate titles though. Yeah. Oh, oh definitely. Yeah, that's a lot right. of fun. And I like say I I don't tell me them because like I said I, I like hearing them for the first time. My my laughter was totally legitimate because that was really really funny. <laughs> well, this was good. Well, no, I have a much greater in the end much greater appreciation for Chris Eccleston, the Ninth Doctor. Uh, I'm overall I'm pleased. So I'm, I'm sorry if we uh, didn't touch on something you wanted us to touch on. Uh, we Like I say, we're trying to, to get through as much of that as we can in a very rapid fashion. Uh, so thank you all for listening. Uh, thank you to uh, thank you, Rob, for uh, for doing this. And I'm looking forward You're to welcome. the next one. We're going to have some fun with, uh, for David Tennant era. There's some really good stuff coming in that one. Uh, thank you to Engineer Alice uh, for making us sound. All the professionalism comes from her. All the mistakes are my own. So uh, I'm going to, as I go out here, I'm going to play a little bit of uh, the great Luke Ski. Uh, his song is called It Takes Who uh, and I, rec- I highly recommend you go out and give him some money because he is very very good he's done a couple of Doctor Who songs but this is one of my favorites so I'll play some of that as we go out and thank you for listening right about now, right about now you're about to hear the tales of the companion Rose Tyler, Tyler and her adventures with the Doctor Doctor I get down, I am intergalactically known From my home, I'm back to ancient Rome To Alpha Centauri, then back to Cardiff Come along with me, inside the TARDIS Time and relative dimensions in space I'll take a Dalek and put him in his place I am the Time Wars' last survivor With my sucking paper and sonic screwdriver To give space the future and past All the dimensions, it's a blast, it's fantastic! Sidekick, Rose Tyler, a smart and sassy Brit chick. Use her party lips to make snarky quips. We hit London, then eat some fish and chips. Skinny Cassandra O'Brien, she liked fame. She was the cold bread, but also she was framed. Zipper head, Slitheen, those villains. Araxacorico, Fallopatorians. So when they dealt it, Harriet smelt it. I let a match and blew them up like the Gelted. My blue box is Fab Mod hip gear. Retro rocket, let's come to justice up here. It's high tech, forget about Star Trek. We're square foot and central card, stupid holodeck. We'll explode Mighty Jagger Fest. You've been listening to a Legible Scrawl audio production. Find out more about us at our website, legiblescrawl.com. You can follow us on Twitter, at Legible Scrawl, or find us on Facebook. The music you're listening to is Zazzy by Kevin McLeod. You can find out more about him at incompetech.com. And as always, you're welcome. You're welcome.